When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to have a wonderful show today. And I just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, sustainable success, again, is about looking at the balance between your personal life and your business. So to have that sustainability, we have to have that balance with our personal wellness, our relationships, and, of course, our business. And uh, that's why we have a lot of great experts on the show to share their expertise and insight how to go about doing that so you could achieve that sustainability in your life. So for those that are new to the Sustainable Success Radio Show, again, you can find us on the Voice America Influencer channel, as well as our Facebook page, Sustainable Success 2017. We encourage you to come like and join us there. That way you can listen to uh, past on-demand versions from other experts that have shared with us in the past. And we will continue to keep delivering quality content that's going to help you in your business and personal life. Also, I do want to point out a few other things. The City Summit and Gala taking place in Los Angeles, March 2nd through the 4th. We strongly encourage any business leaders, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, anybody that's looking to make a change or a difference in the world, both from a business and a community standpoint, this is the event to be at. This is where we bring in business leaders, icons, and celebrities to give back to others. You're going to get a wealth of information. So Jack Canfield, Ashton Kushner, uh, Jay Abraham, these are examples of some great people that are going to be at this event. We strongly encourage you to check out citygala.org. And again, we encourage you to be there for the summit and the gala. It'll be a great experience and a great time to meet with some wonderful people. So I did want to talk a little bit about today what we're going to be discussing with our topic. It's called the mechanics for breakthrough success. You know, everybody wants to have success in their lives, yet many people fail to embrace the process towards achieving true sustainable success. Today, we have a wonderful guest that is going to share a guide that will allow you to move towards having breakthrough success in your life and looking at the underlying pieces to motivate and carry you through that are already contained inside of you. So our today our guest is Thomas O'Grady. He's a PhD in mathematical and statistical economics, advisor, author, and speaker, helping business leaders and entrepreneurs break through plateaus for personal and business growth. He is the author of the book, The Mechanics for Breakthrough Success, The Guide to a Life You Never Considered Reachable. He has assisted many executives and companies researching feasibility and positioning for products, divisions, and companies. The list of people he directly advised includes Lee Iacocca, Alan Greenspan, and many companies including Toyota, Mercedes, Mitsubishi, TRW, Fuji, and Microsoft. He has been on TV and radio and is an expert over 300 times in in print media newspapers, magazines, many, many times over. Uh, and now, this is something curious before we meet Thomas, but it, it, it's a rumor that he has also appeared in Vogue. Well, we'll find that out. Without further ado, we'd like to introduce Thomas O'Grady to the show. Thomas, how are you doing today? 
Fine, thank you. How's everything going, Chris? Doing great. Well, I'm so happy that you're here to join us today for sustainable success. And you know, you know, sustainable success, as I mentioned, is all about the process. And you know, sometimes that process comes with many challenges, setbacks. And so few people actually achieve sustainable success because they give up in the final hour. But you have a book that came out or that came out a couple years ago called The Mechanics for Breakthrough Success. And we want to be able to, you know, have you shine some insight to some of the key points there that will help our listeners that might be starting out maybe in the middle or just looking to kind of cap things out where they're at to reach that level. So before we started, you know, what was uh, what, what was the the behind what got you to you know start writing mechanics for breakthroughs? What was the driving force for you? Well, the main thing was that I had gone through so many things in my life. Um, I started out literally, you know, you talk about ha- be, having disadvantages or something, and you hear stories like that every single day. But the degree from that to success in not just one but many different careers was so huge and so different that I wanted to share that and go back to it. I started out because my eyes were crooked. And you'll even see on TV people making fun of that situation. Uh, and, you know, comedians, etc. But what happened was I had teachers literally in classrooms that made fun of me in junior high school and high school, right wow. in front of the other students. I had guidance counselors. Because somebody looks at somebody like that, they assume that they're dumb and uncoordinated. I scored very high on te- these tests every year, and my guidance counselor would call my parents and I in, and I got 99th percentile and a whole bunch of things. And they would say, or they'd read off the scores to my parents and say, well, you know, you can't always go by test scores. They'd push them away. And then the next words out of their mouth were, not everybody's meant for college. Have you ever thought about sending him to a trade school? Well, when I saw my what happened to me, and I won't get into the details, that will take too much of your show, uh, but what happened in the details, and I looked back, for example, in the service, my roommate was from Watts right after the LA riots, and that's where the wow. riots were. And he was brilliant. And if you take a look at the back cover of my book, it says, the distribution of IQs is the same whether you're talking about a small southern town, a ghetto, or a suburban neighborhood. The only difference is the environments and other things that encapsulate us and hold us back or push us forward. And that's really a large part of going through those and breaking through those barriers. Those barriers are things that we have around us and doing all of that. And it's much more complex than somebody up standing up on a stage and saying, if you do A, B, and C, or on a webinar, saying, if you do this, you're going to be a success. Now, it's more complicated than that. But you don't have to be doing all, you know, things at the same time. But if you know and understand it, when you run into a problem, you can break through. No, that's so true. And, and, And like you said, it's the stereotypes, you know, how the teacher looked at you, you know, and just assumed that you were a certain way or the the, the guy that you roomed with uh, when you were in the service, you know, from Watts, that's that they assumed, well, Watts, it's a it's a project. It's a ghetto. You know, how can somebody possibly be smart? You know, and these are the things that we have to be able to overcome. And sometimes people believe, you know, what they're being told, like they, it just gets reinforced that maybe I'm not so smart and maybe I don't have what it takes to succeed. 
So talk a little I bit about. I was, yeah, go ahead. I thought I was dumb. I thought I was dumb. I didn't think I could do anything. Actually, when I went into the military, I scored extremely high on the language aptitude test. As we're walking in, I joined the security agency. As we're walking in, each person had being told here, fill us out and see what you want to do. I walked in, they say, oh, we know what you want. You want language. I said, no way. I took five years of German, still don't know anything. It wasn't until eight years after I succeeded in language school that a Nobel Prize winner was walking back, Gerard Debreu was walking back from the coffee rooms alongside me, and he's asking me and talking to me and asking me to do a dissertation under him. Now, normally, in a graduate program like UC Berkeley, you're going around begging professors to take you on. Here he's urging me and asking me to. What am I doing? I had no confidence. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was just because I worked harder than everybody else, et cetera, and that's what was going to do. But to work with somebody like this was unbelievable. So I turned him turned around and told him, I'm not good enough. I literally was saying to him, I'm not good enough. He said, no, yes, you are. I had the last year. I said, it's not because I did any good. It's because you're a great teacher. The next morning I woke up and said, gee, maybe I'm not so bad. Yeah. And that's when yeah. I first realized that maybe I wasn't so bad. So talk about that. I mean, again, you know, these are things that, and, and this is something I do as a life and business strategist, helping people to overcome limited beliefs or these mindset barriers that stem back to childhood because they do believe these things that that when they were growing up, even though they're adults and on, on a many levels, they're aware of their their gifts and strengths, but yet they still continue to think that they undermine themselves. They, again, you know, oh, listening yeah. to the inner critic that goes back to their childhood. So talk a little bit about that you know, uh, about your experience with that and how, you know, you overcame that and, you know, what, what are some of the steps necessary to go, you know, for somebody that might be experiencing that right now that, that they have these great gifts, but yet they just can't see the bigger picture because they're listening to those old tapes. Well, most cases people don't even realize and know what their gifts are. But the first thing is, is assuming that somebody believes that they can accomplish something that gets into your, your realm then getting them to believe that, yes, it's going to be hard work. They have to do all those things, but they have to have the belief. I was at a point I didn't have the belief. What happened to me was I had turned down the language school. I went back a couple of weeks later and said, I changed my mind. Actually, at the urging of a couple of people that I met in New York, they said, oh, it's wonderful. And it's, they'll teach you how to learn a language. The idea that they would teach me something and I would actually be able to accomplish something. I mean, that's how bad it was. I thought, gee, if they're going to teach me how to learn something, that's great. So I'm back, knocked on the door. There was a bunch of exchanges, basically. They couldn't believe I was having the nerve to back out, knock on the door. But yeah. they let me in. They put me in. They gave me my choice of languages. I chose Russian. The end of the language school, a professor sat down with me and one other guy as we were sitting in this coffee room. And he said, decide whatever you want to do in the future. Whatever you can do. Law school, medical school will be far easier than what you just went through. Now, to give you an example of what he meant by that, they said they were going to fail out about 70% of the people, which they did. They said, and if you fail out, you're going across the street for advanced infantry training and off to Vietnam, not just once, but twice, because you signed up for four years. They were with that kind of motivation and stress, and I'm not saying for people to go through that kind of thing, but with that kind of motivation and stress, 
and pushing myself that much to, in order to succeed. I, there were people that committed suicide. There were people that had nervous breakdowns. Yeah, I uh, believe it. I got, I, I got there, and I thought when he said that, I said, gee, if I can push myself this much for the sake of the military for what they want, can I repeat and do the exact same thing for myself this time? And then the other thought I had it was, gee, if the average IQ is 100, I didn't know what mine was at the time, and maybe mine's a 90 or something. I said, gee, but if we're only using 10% of our brain and I work 20% harder than everybody else, I'm at 10.8, they're at 10. Now it turns out none of that may be biologically correct. It didn't matter. It motivated me to push and do that and make sure that I worked harder than everybody else. Now I did, and this is where there's a little bit of a conflict because where you're turning around and you're trying to catch up or get ahead from your status or your position, you have to make an assessment. And what I thought is, gee, I could take, while I'm in the military, I could take whenever it's available, one or two of the courses that are going to be tough for me in college, but I have to go back and get great scores so I can get into the best graduate school, law school, whatever possible, because that's really what will determine your life. So I literally started picking out that and I decided, gee, as I'm going into college, I only have just uh, about three years left. If I give up the next two and a half years of my social life, so I basically was just dedicating me, my life to that. And then, so I did not have any kind of balance in my life whatsoever, but it was going to be just like it was in the military for two and a half years. But giving up that two and a half years would make the difference for the next 50. And that's how I did it. I wouldn't advise people, and I'm sure you would not advise people to go and give up their the life balance entirely for long periods of time. But what this did was it gave me the chance to go from, I mean, I went to Hofstra University, which people at, for Berkeley graduate programs, PhD programs, you don't get in from Hofstra. Yeah. Everybody else was from, everybody else was from Stanford, Berkeley, Harvard, MIT, Yale, Princeton, and Cornell. And then me from Hofstra. But I had done well enough and made enough of an impression that I was immediately admitted. But that's just to get that step and breakthrough. Once I had that breakthrough, then of course you have to maintain, you have to do different things to get yourself on track and to accomplish that. If you want another breakthrough, you're gonna may have to push again. Hopefully, but at that point, for me, it was not that long. Those subsequent breakthroughs wasn't that long because the other things were not, you know, going for five or six year graduate programs. Yeah, and you made something you pointed out. I mean, when you saw that that you had to give up two years of your life. I mean, well, you did this twice. You know, the aren't you know when you when you were in the service and here going to Berkeley, you know. What was the, you know, you, you were committed. I mean, there, obviously you wouldn't have been able to do without that commitment. You made that commitment that you were going to immerse yourself into that. This is something that I think sometimes people struggle with. They they say they make a commitment, but then when in reality, once they're in it, they're not truly committed. They allow things to distract them. Talk about what kept your focus and what was driving that commitment. 
Was it from the past Chris, that, you know, Chris, yeah, people... So, you are so on target, and, and actually there's a couple of things. Uh, but one of the biggest was you have to take a look at your situation where you are and where you want to go. I used to, while I was at Hofstra University right after the military, I was in a eh, okay neighborhood. It was nice and basically a very safe neighborhood. The neighborhood next to us was very good, too, in, in that sense. But they were all working class people who went to work, came home. They'd have two weeks vacation a year. They'd maybe have some barbecues or maybe they might go to the beach a couple of times. That was it. There was no big trips. There were no Hawaii and things of that sort were far beyond their dreams. I used to intentionally, when I first when I was in the military, say, I don't want to have that. At first, I was going to not live at home, but then my sister said that would kill my mother, et cetera. You know, she yeah. gave the guilt trip. So I lived at home, but I spent probably 80, 90% of my time at the school, at Hofstra, in the library and some isolated cubicle that nobody could run into me or find me. And on the way back and forth, on a fairly regular basis, I would drive through that neighborhood next to us, et cetera. That was off the hit highway, an early exit, and you'd be driving through that, and it was just a reminder. I don't want this. I don't want it to be in this situation in five years. Now, wow. when I got to Berkeley... As I yep. said, I had that same com I had that competition. Everybody from all those schools, Cornell, MIT, yeah. et cetera, they either had already taken the first year sequence or they took it and yeah. a couple of courses beyond it. So they were coming back and retaking it. Okay, Thomas, we're going to have to go to break, but I, this is powerful. I want to continue when we get back from the break. This is going to be something I want to make sure the listeners listen to what you're describing here. Uh, but we do have to go to break here in about five seconds. So, again, you're listening to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. Our guest, Thomas O'Grady, talking about the mechanics for breakthrough success. Thomas is explaining his experience staying committed to the process. So join us right after the break as he continues on that thought. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-760-0116. That's 800-760-0116. 800-760-0116. What is balance? 
It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're talking about a, a topic that really resonates with our audience here. The, you know, the breakthrough to success. You know, everybody wants success, right? But are we ready to truly embrace the process? So many of us are always focused on the outcome, but we're not committed to the process and the breakthroughs play a major role in that. So where, if you're just joining us, uh, you know, Thomas O'Grady, who is our guest, is uh, sharing some insights from his book, The Mechanics for Breakthrough Success. And he was talking about his personal experience on his commitment in college. And we had to go to break. But, Thomas, I wanted to kind of continue that thought where we left off because I think it'll be a po- it's powerful for the people listening or that will be listening on demand. Yes, it's actually one of the most important things is to really assess where you're at, what your life's like. I mean, you have to have a reason that you want to change your life. I'm not talking about this idea of why I want a bunch of furry things and boats and stuff like this. No, I'm talking about your life is a certain way and you're looking at other things and other people and you really want to make a change. 
Well, how are you going to do that? Because you really have to do a breakthrough. You've got to get out of your environment, out of your situation to the next. So what I was talking about is I used to ride through neighborhoods, et cetera, as a reminder that I didn't want to stay here. And lo and behold, I did so well, I was admitted immediately to the Ph.D. program in mathematical economics at Berkeley. Everybody else there from Harvard, MIT, et cetera, I was the only person without a uh, background, had no courses whatsoever, and there we are competing again. So this was just like the language school, just like at Hofstra having to really succeed, except this time I was pitted against some really great, super smart people. No, absolutely. What I sometimes did was I'd sit at my desk there, and I had this huge desk that I got. It was a secondhand thing from some school that I put in there. And I used to sit there sometimes and just stare ahead for a second and just say, wait a minute, I can't let this happen. I, failure is not an option. There's no other choice. I have to succeed. The key was I was thinking or I would end up back where I was, all that work I put in. Now, that wouldn't have been the case, but that's the way I pictured it. Mm -hmm. I'd be back with my family and everything else in that other neighborhood and everything else. With that, I pushed myself and pushed myself through that first year and then did very well. But again, I was looking and dreaming to be someplace away from where I was. It's not just your dreams. One of the things I hate about vision boards is because it's, you're supposed to put a bunch of pictures and somehow it's, you're going to manifest all these things are going to gravitate towards you. Well, I don't think well of those ideas because they don't really let people make that change. The best example 95% of the people that have New Year's resolutions never make it through the third week. Yeah, absolutely. It's so that's true. Little, and that's little dumb stuff. That's, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to eat healthier. I want to go to the gym regularly. If you can't do that, how are you ever, for three weeks in a row, how are you ever going to really make a life-changing commitment that may take six months, a year, or more? That's so true. I mean, so think about, you know, when, you know, there are always going to be people that are always going to be telling you something different that's better for you. I know that happened to me when I was growing up. And what you're talking about here, you were talking about it, that you had no option but to but to succeed because the option to go back to where you came from was not in the picture, that you could not see yourself being in that environment because your your potential would never be fulfilled. Your true self would never be fulfilled. So talk a little bit about, you know, you know, when you look at family, friends, peers, that while sometimes they mean well, it may not work for you. Or sometimes they don't mean well intentionally because they're jealous of you. Talk a little bit about that and, you know, from your experience and how obviously you were able to kind of not allow that to happen that you were able to follow your dream and, and follow through to your breakthrough to success. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a couple of things in there. First of all, when I was coming out of the military, I realized that my family environment, I mean, my mother used to play the TV loud right on the other side of the wall from where my uh, bedroom was, where I was gonna, my desk was when I was going to study. So basically the TV was about three or four inches away from my desk. Needless to say, that's not an environment for being able to study or anything else. At first, I was going to live outside home, but was guilted into staying at home. That's why I spent a lot of time at 
the university. And I just said, I have to go. I didn't say anything else about it. My mother and father, they meant well and everything else, but they didn't have that kind of education experience. You have to go on and look at that all the time. When I was, when you have friends and family around you, there's multiple things. Yes, there's sometimes, and I was surprised at one of them, but there are sometimes even closest people to you have a jealousy. I had somebody that actually said to me, well, we've been competing all our lives. And I looked, I said, I'm shocked. And they said, oh, come on, admit it. I said, the only thing I did was respect you and hope someday to learn from you. I never thought I could even compete with you. But in their opinion, everything that I did that ended up being successful, they were jealous of and sort of subterfuged that success or tried to. Yeah, it was a threat to their own uh, path. But there's also another area. Let's say everybody is 100% supportive and they're in that environment, they wanna see you succeed. The problem is as you do something that's beyond what they can expect, you're outside not only your own comfort zone, when you go outside your comfort zone, when we're talking about success, when we're talking about that 90% of the time, you're probably outside theirs as well. They have similar, may not be exactly overlapping, but they have very similar comfort zones. When you're outside yours, you're outside theirs. So they're gonna be discouraging you for, for very, very good reasons in their mind because they don't wanna see you hurt or in danger. So both of those can be very different. And the whole thing is summed up with a little story. Imagine somebody who is doing so well in football in high school that he's able to be better, not only far superior to anybody in his high school, but in the county, maybe even the state, so such that he could get into one of those few colleges that really have the eye towards the NFL. They get in there, and that college also picks people from all other states and counties, et cetera. So now you're competing with a bunch of people at a very, very elite level. You have to do so well compared not only to them, but to the ones in other universities around to be invited to the NFL Combine. If you're invited to the NFL Combine, you have to do so well that they turn around and draft you. Now, if you're drafted, that means you're invited to training camp. There are 93 people come to training camp. Only 53 are allowed to be kept. Probably 40 to 45 are players from prior years or from other teams that they already picked up that are sure things. So you've got about eight or nine possible positions out of that 45 positions that uh, people that were brought in. If you succeed and actually make it to be a rookie, then you have to work so hard to make sure you're invited back the next year to be a regular NFL player. Now, can you imagine anyone that's in that position is still hanging out with their buddies from high school and practicing with them, or even their buddies from college? Mm. Of course not. No, not at all. It's a whole new game. So when you say, you know, even for the best of intentions and best of friends, will hold you back for no other reason than they're not going through the same experiences that you do. So it can be jealousy, it can be trying to protect you, or it can be just 
they're not at that position and that influence that can help you out. Yeah, it's again, I mean, it, you're the product of the people you hang around with, you know, in terms of where what your goals and, and where you're going. So it, that is so true. And you have to keep changing that product to those people as time goes on. Think about, yeah, think about as you make a new friend, uh, somebody else along the line may still be a friend, but you just don't spend that much time with them anymore. I still have some really good friends from back in high school days, but I'm really only outside of Facebook. I really don't see them. Yeah, because like, again, they're, they're not, I mean, you're in a certain, you know, zone of where you are. And, and if that is foreign to them and they're in a, you know, on a different zone, then obviously there's not an alignment. It's not that you don't like the, like these people and don't want to associate, associate with them on any level, but obviously it, it, you know, like attracts like. So you have to be around people that are in that zone or similar zones that are going to take you to where you want to go. Yes. And they have to be able to have something that you want in a sense of learn yeah. from mentorship, whatever. So Thomas, I wanted to uh, shift gears here a little bit. You, you had a, 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 a title or excuse me, a chapter in your book called know your weaknesses and go on a diet. Now, when we look at, the process to a success, you know, pet people tend to focus on your strengths rather than your weaknesses. So it's, you know, let's enhance our strengths, let's enhance our skills so we can add more value to whatever we set out to do for others. Talk about where you have a different perspective on know your weaknesses and how this correlates with the breakthrough to success. Yeah, this is actually a topic of mine that I like, but at the same time annoys the heck out of me of that there are a bunch of gurus out there that are telling people, just go for your strengths and ignore your weaknesses. And it really, I'm trying to be clean here in everything I say, but let's just say it really annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, ha- what happens is there are, you know, people are a complex piece of machinery in a sense of going as you're going from career into a career or into the next career. For example, um, you're going to do something and you're going to go into the corporate world. You have to learn how to speak well. You should learn how to write well. If you don't, I mean, there's an amazing number of people out there that you'll hear say, me and -and so-and-so did such and such. Uh, They haven't learned some of the most simplest terms. When I was going through graduate school, I realized that I didn't, couldn't speak well, that I couldn't, and I didn't, wasn't talking about grammar that I had learned, but I couldn't stand in front of a group without shaking. And I realized that particularly when I went around on the interview circuit, you know, you're interviewing at Harvard and Duke and every place else, um, and you say, and you're scared. Now you're scared but you're scared for a different reason just because you don't know how to present yourself. You don't know how to do it. So what I did is I went to a course and took it. As soon as I got my first job, I went and said, gee, I have to learn how to speak well because I'm not going to, it's going to hold me back. You're looking at your weaknesses in a sense of what do you need to know? When you go into a business, into your own business or somebody else's business, do you know enough about numbers? Do you know a little bit about accounting? You don't have to be the accountant, but you should understand it. You should be able to evaluate what your accounting accountant is doing or what your accounting 
team or a system is doing. You have to be able to do it, be able to assess how your company is doing. If you're writing things, I used to have people, I built a very large uh, consulting company that was on three continents right after I left Chase. And when I was there, I used to get these people that were relatively young and they'd say to me, oh, well, the teachers tell us that today you don't have to do these things and you can finish sentences with an, a preposition, et cetera, which is actually not true. You're still not supposed to. It's still the wrong thing to do even today. But they were saying this and I had to come up with something because I was against their professor, their English professor, or whoever it was. And I would just say to them, I said, that might be right. But you've got to think in terms that when we send something off to some executive at Chrysler, Fuji, whatever, they're going to look at that and they don't say, oh, by the way, correct your grammar. They turn around and look at that. And if it's not what they think is proper, they immediately will think ill of you. And what they think is proper is something that occurred because they're 50, 60 years of age yeah. is what was standard and elite back then. Take a look at some of the, I just saw this morning, the Surgeon General, I guess it was from yesterday's thing on Black History Month, the Surgeon General, who's black, was talking about Ben Carson <clears throat> and how much he inspired him, et cetera. And you hear both of those guys. They speak so well, so eloquently. That's a difference. That's part of what gets them ahead. Yeah, if absolutely. They, if you didn't speak as well, you might not be able to be Surgeon General because you have to speak in front of everybody. So that makes sense. And, and, and I can see that, you know, again, you know, it's like, and we, we have about 30 seconds to break, but I just wanted to wrap up where you left off the, you know, somebody could be, you know, an expert in certain area, but maybe they're not a good writer, but on some level they have to write because they still have to be able to communicate that message, you know, other than speaking or other areas to get that through. Now, if they need help, um, you know, th- there's always help. You know, there's other people that could help them and, you know, proofread their book, edit the book, that type of thing. So, you know, there's, but it's always that we shouldn't just shy away from our weaknesses uh, and not, you know, we need to look at the complete picture so we know where to go from there. So again, you're listening to the uh, Sustainable Success Radio Show. We're with Thomas O'Grady. Uh, we're talking about concepts from the book, The Mechanics for Breakthrough Success. We'll be right back after the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Do you feel shackled to your business? Do you feel that there is no room for anything else, like a personal life, family, fun? Did you know that there is another way? Listen for The Unshackled Life with hosts Aaron Scott Young and Michelle Pearson Young. They'll discuss what helps your business work better for you so that you get to have a life. Aaron Young has been starting and running companies for over 30 years. It's time for you to finally have the time, money, and freedom that you've always wanted. The Unshackled Life, Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. What is balance? 
It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us again, uh, we're with our guest, Thomas O'Grady. He's a Ph.D. in mathematical and statistical economics, advisor, author, and speaker. And we're talking about his book, The Mechanics for Breakthrough Success. There's some great information in here. And I highly encourage you that if you're just joining us or have been listening to pick up a copy of this book at Amazon. And, and of course, Thomas, at the end of the show, will be providing some more information where to find them, and more about where to get the book and so forth. So, Thomas, where we left off uh, from the break, you were ta- just wrapping up on weaknesses. So wanted to kind of finish that off because that I think this is a, an area that a lot of times, like you said, a lot of people don't tend to really look at. And so I think this is important for, for the listeners to really you know hear it. And so you were concluding. So let's go ahead and finish off where you had left off. Right. So what I look at for people, and when I say weaknesses and how you should – Know your weaknesses and go on a diet. You're aiming for something. You want to be a certain thing, whatever it is, whether it's a software developer, an executive, a project manager, whatever. There are certain things that you need to do that they tell you that's 
what you do in college or something, certain courses, et cetera. But there's a lot of other things that you should do or really should know in order to be the best, to be the standout. And in order to do that, you have certain things that you have to overcome. Those are your weaknesses. As I said, it might be things like speaking. It might be writing. It could be, because I've seen this recently with somebody who graduated college and started out a job, how to eat. They, I, I can't even describe how they held a knife and fork and things of that sort. It was, it looked ridiculous. But, you know, they were, they looked like they were in a fight or something like this, fisting them things. There yeah. are certain things that you just need to do. How to go and introduce yourself and meet people so that when you're in that office setting, you know, so there's things on how to network at a get together, how to have a good first impression. You know, there's all those little things. Some of them may be easy. But you really have to make sure you overcome those weaknesses. So that's really what you do. Take an assessment to be the best. What would you have to do? And then start eliminating those things that were that you would consider a weakness. It doesn't mean you have to be an A-plus student in it, but it has to be acceptable. No, that's I would say that right. like what you talked about when you said about, you know, if, if you're an introvert and – with your expertise that you're out there trying to, you know, create this thought leader presence with what you know best, you're going to have to connect on some level. You know, you can't have somebody doing that for you because that's not, they're not, they're not you. So there's some level that you have to come out of your comfort zone. You don't have to be the best connector. You could be somewhat awkward, but, but if you're making that attempt to, you know, put yourself out there to meet people, to position yourself as the authority in this particular, you know, whatever that area is, that's going to be a weakness that you're definitely going to have to look into. And and if anybody can help you in certain other weaknesses, then by all means, you know, you can use those things to leverage and uh, help you. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. There are certain things that you have to just overcome if they are a weakness because no one else or something else is going to be able to do that for you. So it's so important. I would... Uh, I was the ultimate introvert. You just made it. I was the ultimate introvert. I would not even, I was afraid to even look a person in the eyes. But then what happens? I end up on all kinds of radio, TV after I overcame that. Yep. Debated Ralph Nader on the Today Show. I mean, the whole gamut. I could have never imagined doing that one a few years earlier until I overcame that weakness. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I want to move along, Thomas, because there's another chapter in the book that I'm actually very curious to hear about. We, it's called Passion Can Suck the Life Out of You. Talk about passion and how sometimes that can work against you. I've, I, that's the way I'm taking it. And I'm really curious because I know the listeners are going to want to hear that because a lot of times, you know, you hear follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. So talk a little bit about what you mean there and to provide some clarity for the listeners, because I think this is a very interested area. It is because one of the things you have to think about is you're constantly hearing people, oh, just follow your passion. I've watched certain quote gurus, I'll call them gurus, they're annoying hucksters in some cases, others that just don't know any better, uh, telling people to follow their passion and they'll be standing up in front of the room, somebody will be asking a question saying that they want to do such and such and it'll be, you know, my friends say I do great macrame so I want to open up a store in the center of the mall and start selling my macrame. And they'll be there saying, oh, that's great. You have this passion. Just follow your passion. 
And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, the person is, that is not feasible. That's not economically feasible. And there are other people, other things that restrict other people. If you can't, you know, you can't do certain things, physical impairment or something like this or age. You know, we were having an offline chat a little yeah. while ago about the NBA. I'm too old. What am I going to do? Sue them because they discriminated against me because I'm an old white guy who can't jump, jump six inches off the ground. I can't even touch the bottom of the net, let alone dunk it. And on top of that, I have no depth of session, so I can't see. You know, so for me to have searched for and tried to do something like that, even when I was younger, would have made no sense. Correct. It's not feasible. But how many people, when you hear about following a passion, there's the economic feasibility, et cetera, and they'll say, well, if you try hard enough, et cetera, you can do it because you can see other people have done it. Well, take a look at the number of people that decided they wanted to be an actor, actress, singer, dancer, whatever, and they're spending most of their life serving people in some deli in L.A. or New York City. Why? Because... There's a point at which there's only a very, very limited supply of people. Do they have the connections? I always find it very, very interesting to see how many of the people, they may have a different name, but then you go back and search and find out that they're either the son, daughter, or cousin, sister, whatever, of three other stars. Yes. So a lot of it is connections. Yes, it could happen. Yes, there's people that has happened for is it something that's reasonable, and do you have the talent and dedication to do it for the years? Um, that's a hard thing, and everybody has to and answer their own question on that. But for most people, you should, should be saying, okay, what do I want my life to be like? Now, whatever you choose, and this is what I always emphasize to people, because I used to ride the ski lift when I was out in Washington. I was only about an hour and a quarter from the mountains. And I used to go skiing three times a week. And every once in a while, I'd be on the lift with some guy, 20 years of age, 19 years of age, who was either a ski instructor or on the ski patrol. And that's what he did. And I'd have the conversation with him. That's okay. But when he's older, because of the sacrifices and things that I did, I'm going to and do have far more than he will probably ever have in life. That doesn't mean that his choice, choice is wrong or my choice is wrong because he has things that and is doing things that I could never do because I couldn't do them any longer because I'm too old. I break, start breaking things, don't have the coordination, the balance and flexibility, etc. But when he's later in life, he has to cherish those memories and things that he did instead of being jealous. It very yeah. often people get older, they start to be jealous because of what they didn't do. Not because somebody else did it and got something. That's what they think. They think the person was lucky. But no, they worked hard. They did what they needed to do. Made those accomplishments. That's fine. Whatever you did. I have friends that did, you know, I would say nothing. But actually, they just had lots of fun in college and they have all those memories. They went out drinking with the buddies in school all the time. Afterwards, they played and did other things. When I was on trips, even early on in my career, I was used to spend my evenings preparing for the next day where everybody else was out drinking. You, know, you moderate things slightly, but 
if you decide where in life you want to stop, that's crucial. Think of your life, in a sense, as a train ride, and that train ends up in whatever success you choose. You can get off at any stop you want and take a break. When you get back on, you might not get as far as you would if you didn't get off. Or you can get off and stay there. But you have to decide how far you want to go, where you want to go, and how much work you want to put in. That, that's very powerful. And, and from what I gather, when we have a you know a few minutes to the close of the show, and I want to make sure we give time for let people uh, know where to find you, uh, Thomas. So it sounds like, again, you could have a passion for something, but it sound, but you have to have kind of like a more broader perspective of what that is. I mean, you can focus on a particular area, but for some reason, if it's not realistically feasible, whether if there's due to physical limitations, age limitations, whatever the case may be, there's always something that could be maybe the plan B or something else within the scope of that that you could be doing that could also allow you to, you know, fulfill that passion. So, you know, I guess like what you talked about, you talked about that that train ride that you know you can get off at any time. I mean that's a great analogy with that, and I think that you know what you have just said it really enlightens people because a lot of times people may be pursuing that one passion and having setback after setback after setback after setback, and they're still determined, which is fantastic, but yet they've just been focused just on that one area, not looking at where there could be other angles that could still fulfill their passion, but yet are more feasible realistically to their situation. So that's great. We got about a minute left before the close of the show, Thomas. I want to let people know where can they find you and where you're going to be next in terms of speaking or any other engagements. Okay, two things. One of which is, which is very important, is the uh, I can always be gotten through uh, my website, lifeunsettled.com. That's one website. You can also Email me at thomas at lifeunsettled.com. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and um, LinkedIn, Thomas O'Grady, PhD. Um, on, and let's see, what else? Oh, and then what I am about to, actually, I already have done some, but I haven't released yep. them yet. I've been doing some videos because it gets okay. into a lot of the area uh, that's, gets into economics and how yep. economics affects the business, your choices, and everything else, you know, what we can learn from it. And just like these things that I've talked about, there are many misnomers even by annoyingly, supposedly yep. sophisticated people. So okay. that will be coming out on YouTube. And But again, if you go to lifeunsettled.com, you can actually join me and make sure you get updates Great. on everything. Well, well, Thomas, I want to thank you for joining us today. This was some wonderful information, and I highly encourage you, the guests, to listen to this show again. And those that were not able to listen, to listen to it once it's on demand later today. Some powerful nuggets. Pick up a copy of The Mechanics for Breakthrough Success at Amazon. And if you have any questions, please leave them at the Sustainable Success 2017 Facebook page. We'll be happy to make sure Thomas gets them and we'll address any questions that you do have. Thomas, we want to thank you for being here today and we want to thank you guests for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Have a great day.
Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.